Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co-host, Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Corey's back. How you doing, Corey? Doing all right. Kind of, sort of, hanging in there. <laughs> What's yeah. going on? How are you doing? Doing you pretty good. You a lot good. going on, too. Yeah, getting settled in at the new place. It's it's nice. I'm, you know, finally kind of getting back into a little bit of a routine. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> <laughs> So anybody that doesn't know, Corey's computer has been kind of in pieces over the past couple of weeks, putting it together. Um, you have an excellent IT guy who's been helping you out. And so it's been kind of chaotic over there, huh? It, it's It's been a bit of a, a shit show. Um, I, I <laughs> hmm, without going into like conspiracies, I'd, I'd like to say I've been a little targeted lately. <clears throat> it's been a little crazy, Edge. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a four day thing. We were working on computers and radios and uh, cell phones and some other stuff and, you know, working our way through getting some things handled and then shit just hit the fan. I mean, it was just, it was like for all of a sudden we're out, we're trying to run an errand to go get parts. Right. Cause it turned into, of course, specs on the computer that were supposed to be in there. It was a totally different hard drive than what was supposed to be in there. It was insane. So, and then proprietary, you know, and it was just like one stumbling thing after another and wrong parts being shipped and just mayhem. So I ended up with two computers and one broken screen and now working on the second computer. And um, again, with the parts issue. And in the meantime, my, my truck won't start all of a sudden my starter just goes, which of course is under buried under uh, entire exhaust system. So, so we're looking at a grand for that one alone. And, uh, that's still in the shop now. And then, <laughs> and then I have this wonderful, the mice are back. I just think I can't outsmart them, dude. I sealed the entire garage off. They were like gone. And then all of a sudden I go, I have these little like motion lights that are under my kitchen cabinets and they start going off at like two in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look, there he goes cruising across my counter. So I go under the, I have, I, I don't have a basement. So I go under my um, staircase that has like a deep closet and I'm crawling back there to get some freaking paper towels and some cat food. And there's like cat food everywhere. They demolished like $120 worth of cat food bags torn through mice turds everywhere. I'm like, God. So now I'm cleaning that and I'm plugging holes and I'm getting more mouse traps and I'm trying to outsmart these assholes. But then I find that if you do the um, catch and release, which is what I've always done, you know, because they took over while I was gone for months. So they've declared this their home now. You have to take them over two miles or they will find their way back two wow. miles. So I have a feeling that, you know, the little ones that are here were probably already released and they know the game. So they're not going to go in these. So I got totally different ones and that's not working either. And I just, I, I, I can't put poison out. I've got, um, animals, you know? Yeah. So that's good. Good times there. I just see you like uh, the beginning of that movie Ratatouille. <laughs> where this old, old lady's getting the shotgun. And <laughs> the, uh, that's why I'm telling play. you what, dude, I was at that point. I'm like, this is war. I am just done. <laughs> I've got, I've got like parts, like I had to get, borrow a card table from my dad. Cause there's just parts and equipment and stuff everywhere all over my house. And I can't even remove a grocery bag from the floor now. Cause my pat, cat has declared that his permanent bed, <laughs> the grocery bag. So, so then in the midst of this, in the midst of this, I get an email from YouTube saying, uh, you know, you violated terms. This is now your second strike. And I look at it and it's, a freaking episode I did when you and speaker were out. And so James joined me 20 episodes ago, 20 weeks ago, they go back just to find one. So for two weeks now we can't post to um, YouTube and they're, I'm sure they're going to work in a third strike and that'll be down soon. Anyways, it's just annoying because then we have to upload to all these individual platforms. It's very, it's very time consuming. And we have a lot of followers on YouTube, you know, so trying to get this information out to as many people as possible is important. And then of course my website was targeted. So that went down for about eight hours and then we got that back up. Um, so it's just been a joy around here for the last couple of weeks. And I am now sitting on my bed 
using a Rubbermaid container <laughs> to put my <laughs> mic and laptop up on. Oh, and then then I went on Frank's show with Sean because that we scheduled that like a month ago, so I wasn't going to cancel. And I love those guys. And I uh, Frank says hi to us, and then. I hit mute on my mic and I'm like <clears throat> really loud trying to clear my throat because my allergies have been nuts. And uh, Frank starts laughing and Sean's like, Corey, uh, you need to hit the mute key. I'm like, oh my God, I did hit the mute key. I was just totally coughing up along in everyone's ears. My <laughs> mute key wasn't working. I'm like, oh, this is great. So so then my dog's drinking water during it. And I didn't even think to hit, like, you can hit the mute button on Zoom. But at this point, like, I'm not even thinking of that. I'm thinking, oh, shit, now I got to buy a mic, you know? Like, what else is going to break? But no, it was because when you update Zoom, it, like, takes out your settings. And so it removed my mic so it didn't recognize it when I would hit mute. I'm like, that was just so embarrassing. Oh, man. <laughs> but allergies at least it was. At least it was with Sean of SGT, right? Oh, I know. And, and Frank of I know. Quite frankly, Frank yeah. was correct. And he's like, "Are you right over there, Corey? I think you pulled something." <laughs> <laughs> but it's been bad. It's been really bad allergy-wise. You and I were just talking about with our pets. Like that's the other thing in the last two two weeks. I've had to make two trips to the vets because my poor cat and dog are just absolutely, you know. And I try everything natural. I even did a post on Gab once asking for everyone's input. Like, what do you guys use for these things? And I tried them all. Like nothing works with my dog. It's, it's mm -hmm. same I with mine. I hate using, I hate using prednisone, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I got to yeah, use some hardcore stuff on my dog too. Her um, allergies are just out of control. Poor thing. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's been a little um, crazy. I'm a little out of sorts. I still don't have, I'm still not really up and running. I can't access my files to get work done at the moment. Um, I have my little tiny laptop and a mic. So at least I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of miraculous. <laughs> it, it really is. And um, hopefully everyone can hear me because I'm having to like tip my head up to reach the mic right now, but uh, we got lots to cover and uh we were trying like heck to find do do like i'm like i just want to do a whole positive podcast after the last two weeks and i i literally spent last night pondering and searching going i'm just really struggling with finding some real positive things you know it, yeah. there's so much going on right now and and some breaking news too so yeah i guess yeah. we should get to it we got a lot to get over go over yeah, we sure do. You're going to talk about some bioengineered bio food and walk us through some stuff you've discovered. And then I'm going to get into some big news coming out of the UK. Lots of lots of different headlines coming out that we really need to walk through and what it all means. Mm -hmm. And I did find a, a good piece, a good positive piece for us to end it on, which is coming out of Brazil with Bolsonaro yeah. and the massive amount of support he's getting. So um, it's really the populists against the, uh, you know, the globalists right now. So, but yeah, so yeah. let's walk, walk through this uh, bioengineered food that uh, you wanted to talk about today. Yeah. So I'm noticing a lot of contradiction going on here between the, just this whole industry. So I would, I just want to go through this. Well, first off, what made me think of this is my grocery runs the last week we've been sitting there pulling like just randomly pulling stuff off the shelves and looking at them and you would not believe how many food items now contain bioengineered uh food it, it is what it says and it's usually under the ingredients it's like the last line this contains bioengineered food and so here's what's bugging me You've got your GMO, right? Where they were, they were doing GMO labels. They weren't doing GMO labels. And, and now we've got gene edited, totally different category. And, and they're trying to blur it together. And what's concerning about that is first off, GMO is genetically modified. So it's, it's inserting a foreign DNA gene edited is is using CRISPR Cas9 to extract DNA and allowing it to mutate 
in which case they're removing a protein and they're hoping that they're removing the one that's going to take care of it, you know, being more drought tolerant or uh, prevent it from getting fungus on it. And the, the science to it all of the trial and error is astronomical. And then they're not really doing, you know, other than maybe testing it on mice and failing most of the time to get what they're wanting to get out of this, but they're, they, they're not running these trials on human beings. And so it's very concerning because they're like, Oh, well, we're just, we're just removing one thing here. We're not inserting anything or altering anything, but it is altering it. And they're, they're forcing it to alter because who knows? Yes. Maybe that particular piece you removed does prevent it from getting fungus, but maybe you just took out some key nutrients or maybe it's now morphing into something that's dangerous to a human being. And so I got into some of this with the whole vertical indoor growing facilities and whatnot, because they're working on doing all of that with gene edited seeds. And we got over a hundred labs in Silicon Valley on this. So I'm noticing all these labels in the store, which I highly recommend. I mean, pretty much your entire bakery section is going to say it on the products. Um, but there's a lot of things concerning me with this because what they're doing is they said, well, you know, the U S so different countries have different views on this. Some are regulating gene edited under the same regulations as GMO, whereas others such as our wonderful country is saying, uh, it's not really the same thing because we're not insorting foreign DNA. So we're not going to have the same regulations. This is going to be pretty lax. And they're saying, oh, and because of that, do we really need to alter the labeling? Do we really need to include it in the labeling? And so this is where it gets interesting because they're blurring this all. So let me just start with if we go to the uh, USDA, what is it? Like the agricultural something, something, let's see. Marketing, marketing service. service. Okay, yes, from the US Department of Agriculture. So they say that they're, they've created, I mean, they even have dates on here. And they say that they've created this labeling standard for bioengineered foods. And that, that it was voluntary up through December 31st, 2021. But as of January 1st of this year, it became mandatory. So they're saying that the standard defines bioengineered foods as those that contain detectable genetic material that has been modified through in vitro recumbent, oh boy, I'm going to butcher this word, deoxyribonucleic. Cleic. <laughs> How do you say that, Ed? That sounds about right. Um, okay, acid RDNA techniques, and for which the modification could not otherwise be obtained through conventional breeding or found in nature. So they're saying, but but then here's where it gets interesting. So it 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 does not pertain to restaurants or similar retail food establishments, they're not required to comply with this. So they're calling it the National Bioengineered Food Disclosure Standard. And, but if they were to say, package something and sell it in a package, it's not for immediate consumption, then that package has to show that it contains bioengineered food. Um, so there's a lot of back and forth on this. So I just want to go through this and then see what your take is. But so you've got like pretty much every baked good muffins, um, uh, cupcakes, like anything I was picking up and looking at that basically contained like flour or sugar and stuff in it. Canola oil, probably, uh, soy, soy is all bioengineered now. So they all say this bioengineered food. Now, you may not know exactly which element because they don't have to break that down. So you don't know which ingredient. I mean, I actually picked up a bag of, you know, you can get the bags of lettuce where you've got like the Caesar mix. Yeah. There was like an Asian one, right. Where it's got all the slaw in it and it's got those little, um, what are those called? The skinny little cracker little type noodles. things. Yeah. 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 Bioengineered food. On, on, on that. Now I know that I'm, I'm pretty sure I know they're working on lettuce big time as far as the gene edited, but according to this list, lettuce is not listed yet on here. That said, 
there are the white uh, button mushrooms out there that are gene edited that are also not on this list. So what determines what makes the list or not is, is very, that's why this, the, this is like muddy waters. And I need people to pay attention because you will be blown away. You get a frozen pizza, you grab a bag of chips, you get some queso cheese, um, any baked goods. Like there's a million things you will grab off the shelf at a grocery store that now says bioengineered food. So uh, let me move through my notes here. Let's see. So the the standards um let's see oh yeah this is my my favorite part is the whole refined <laughs> um highly refined foods or ingredients that do not contain detectable modified genetic material are not considered bioengineered foods doesn't that sound kind of like almost like the pcr test like let's just set it down to a you know, right. knock it up to a higher level and we'll just scoop everyone up. So, but this is the reverse of that. So they're literally saying that if you have the ability to refine it to where it's not detectable, then you don't have to fall underneath these standards and we will not call it a bioengineered food. So, uh, so then they've got, let's see the, the standard states that food produced from an animal-fed bioengineered feed is not considered a bioengineered food solely because the animal ate a bioengineered engineered feed. Well, okay, so I get that concept, but it's interesting because it does it does carry through, and we and we have to be concerned Absolutely. with that too. With um, in fact, James was just sharing a story with me about a gentleman who had gotten some horse manure and um, used it for his, you know, compost for his gardens and whatnot. And it ended up killing most of the crops, but a few of the carrots survived. And so he actually took it to a lab to try to assess what was causing it. And they said, what it was is that the, the horses had eaten grass that had pesticides on it. It came out in their poop that poop in turn ended up killing crops. Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. So, um, okay. So if a food manufacturer sources non-bioengineered corn and that non-bioengineered corn has an inadvertent or technically unavoidable amount of a bioengineered substance that is less than 5%, then disclosure is also not required. Um, alcohol and other beverages, which we know is going to have some of that in it. Uh, they're not required with these, uh, with the labor label standards. Okay. So then let's go to the list of foods real quick, because it is a really, uh, it's the next, the next tab. So if we look at this list, you scroll down edge, it's pretty short, right? Yeah. You've got alfalfa apples right? Arctic variety, canola, corn, cotton. So your cottonseed oil, eggplant, papaya, pineapple, potato, salmon, which is the aqua advantage, uh, soybean, squash, and sugar beet. Now what's interesting. <laughs> and this but is they don't where... have wheat on there. I mean, if, if you're saying, you know, pretty much everything in the bakery bakery section, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be bioengineered, and that's because of the wheat. Um, you know, it's surprising that wheat's not on here and so well, many see, other this things. Is, this is the crazy part. So if you start going through studies and you go going through articles and you read what FDA says or USDA says, and then you read what like Iowa State University says in their studies and, and what they're doing is they're mixing the language of GMO and gene edited. And so they're saying um, there's it's it's really uh, it's all very convoluted. So I'll get to that in a minute. But but let me. So yes, there this list should be way 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 longer. Um, but they're not necessarily putting everything on the list, and that's what's throwing me for a loop. So like, click on potatoes. So you can click on these PDFs. It's a wonderful thing. You get this handy little chart 
that tells you, you the trait that it's working on. Okay. These indicating specifically, these are gene edited. And I know that because I went back and I looked through these websites of all these trade names, such as innate, which is, um, J.R. Uh, Simplot and, um, and the brand, other brands from some of the other items like New Leaf, Hello Monsanto. So if you go in and you look through these, you'll see that they're using CRISPR-Cas9 and they're gene editing these. And so the, interestingly, it also includes underneath many of them, it gives you some specific details. So for example, and this is probably not news to anyone, but bioengineered corn is produced commercially in 15 countries. And um, of course, you know, the U.S. being one of those. And so corn that's sourced from these countries, from any of these countries, should be presumed to be bioengineered corn. Um, they're saying 32% of all global corn production as of in 2017, was already bioengineered. So they're flat out telling you with corn, they say the same thing with, um, with soybean, because what you have is some of the equipment being used is also, you know, crossing over and whatnot. So you got 70, as of 2017, 77% of all global soybean production um, was bioengineered. So I, I think pretty much, you know, in the U.S., more than 90% of soybean is bioengineered. And uh, 30% of all global canola production is bioengineered. It's probably more than that now, because again, this was 2017. Uh, sugar beets, sugar beets, 90% all bioengineered. 80% of all global cotton production, bioengineered papayas. And if you eat papayas in the United States, just know they are all bioengineered. So it's really important that people pay attention to all this and in their stores when they're looking, because we don't know what the heck they're doing to this because they're only being told to put bioengineered food. That's it. You get no right. other information on how anything's done, which ingredients are referring to. And, and allegedly it's voluntary, but yet on this site, it's telling you on the USDA, they're telling you that as of January, 2022, this is mandatory and that they are going to keep the food list up to date on a regular basis. But then we go into the study, um, that was just put out in, at the end of June by, um, uh, yeah, we can, well, okay. So I'll just point out with China before we move to the study. With China, um, they have actually produced more studies on this than any other country. And so they're now at the stage where they started working on this back in like 2011, 2013, somewhere in there. And working with CRISPR, with, with the rice patties, with, oh my gosh, tons of stuff uh, China's been working on. And so now they're at the point where they're starting to uh, talk about and pass some regulations or not even regulations, more just allowing it to come to market so they can feed everyone with all their, let's see the first paragraph. We got tomatoes. Um, we got the rice, uh, sweet fruits, herbs, or, you know, potatoes, um, bananas, lettuce, ryegrass, strawberries, they're doing it all, you know, just, just like over here. So this is definitely, um, all the way down to, you know, so the seeds, I mean, this is like what I was trying to warn about before, but this is, this is going completely global to where my God, you start looking at the products and these ingredients are in so many of our foods, but now they're taking it right to, you know, you think, oh, I'm going to go get some organic produce. Well, guess what? They're taking these, doing the genetic seeds with the produce as well. Another reason why we need to grow our own food. No kidding. It seems like it's almost impossible to avoid. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting pretty crazy. And so if you go to the Iowa study, here's what they're saying. And this, this was no shock. I love the way they word this crap. 
So a new study from Iowa State University is the first to gauge public acceptance of gene-edited foods using a nationally representative sample of 2,000 U.S. residents. The researchers surveyed participants to understand if they would eat or actively avoid gene-edited foods and to understand the factors that shape their decisions. The study reveals people who are more willing to eat raw or processed gene-edited foods generally view science and technology as a primary means to solve society's problems. They place a high level of trust in government, food regulators, and the agriculture biotechnology industry, and generally do not have strong beliefs about how food should be produced. (laughs) They also tend to be younger, Generation Z and millennials under 30 years of age, with higher levels of education and household incomes. By contrast, the people who are more likely to avoid eating raw processed gene-edited foods are more skeptical of science and technology. They place greater value on the way their food is produced, saying ethics play an important role and rely more on their own personal beliefs or environmental uh, groups rather than government and industry. People in this group, this is the funny part. People in this group also tend to have lower incomes and be more religious, older, and female. Around 60% of the women in the survey said they would be unwilling to eat and purposely avoid gene-edited foods. And then in another study uh, expected to be published this year, Peters and Cummings found 75% of the American public agree there should be a federal labeling law for gene edited foods regardless of whether or not they plan on buying or or avoiding them and so they go on to say that gmos and they they keep mixing and matching gmos and gene edited two very different processes gmos are and both in my opinion are not good but GMOs are regulated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and U.S. Department of Agriculture. And as of January 2022, GMO foods are required by federal law to include a bioengineered or derived from bioengineering label. Current regulations say gene-edited foods are not analogous uh, to traditional selective breeding and therefore do not fall under the same review process as GMOs. But some consumer groups, trade organizations, and environmental groups disagree. Okay, so I ask, why is it the list on the USDA site is, for one, extremely short. We know it's missing a ton. Two, you look those up, they're all gene edited. They're not GMO. I mean, I didn't look up every single one, but I looked up a big chunk of them. And you go into their sites and you see how they're doing the process. They're all gene edited. So if gene edited are not being regulated, why are they the ones on the list? And where the hell are all the GMO ones? Right. At at, at any rate, this whole new labeling started in January of this year, in case anyone missed it. And you need to start looking at every product you buy off the shelf and see what's going on, including the produce and the, you know the bags of lettuce, all of that. Yep. Everything. Ugh. Even if you're buying organic, you say? Um, In some cases? Uh, let me think. I'm not sure on the organic because I don't know if they can declare. So, you know what? I mean, I personally wouldn't trust any of it, but I don't know that they can declare uh, if it's been gene edited. Um, I, I don't know that they could, you know, who knows? They could say, well, you're not using pesticides. We're growing this all naturally. It's healthy and it's organic. But, you know, yeah, it had a gene edited, you know, seed. So. Who knows, dude? I mean, look at what they get away with. And and they just slip this stuff through and people have yeah. no idea. The same product that they've probably been eating for years is now suddenly getting these gene edited ingredients. And, and they're not even looking at labels because they've been eating the same thing for a long time. So right. they're sneaking this, this in fast and hard. And it's, it's a, it's a global plan to take over and control so they can bring it into indoor facilities so they can have their main hubs and take full control over the food industry. And in order to do that, you got to control the seeds and you got to control the environment that it's all being grown in. 
So. Yeah, it makes sense. And it seems like, cause I, I remember in the early days of COVID um, with the, uh, the COVID vaccine um, that they were even uh, talking about potentially trying to put that in lettuce, um, genetically modify lettuce to be able to carry that mRNA right. somehow. So if they can modify it any way they want, you know, it, it's, concerning what mm-hmm. kind of level they could go to as far as the kind of modifications that they could do and if the label just simply says bioengineered on it but you don't get any specifics on how or anything um what in particular about that product that you're buying is bioengineered um then then you have no way of knowing so yeah it does seem very nefarious i would say and and people probably will rightfully say in the comments you know gosh you can't eat anything what are we supposed to do i know well well, i mean i i would probably um do my best to um buy locally and you know like if you can at a farmer's market or you know try to buy organic if you can i mean with inflation everybody's just more concerned about the price tag right than anything else and that is completely understandable but um yeah there's definitely some things that we can do as far as growing and buying locally i would think right absolutely and then the other thing too is i was looking to see i didn't have time to dig further but i'm not sure that they've finalized it yet they've been working for like a year now on discussing how they want to label lab-grown meat and cultured meat products and um, there's a lot of debate over that. Obviously, those in the those you know the cattle ranchers are like, you can't even put the word meat in it because it's not meat, <laughs> right? And the others are going, well, it technically is. We're just culturing it and growing it, and so we want to call it, you know. So there's all these different names and phrases coming out that they're all throwing around trying to figure out how to label it. So everyone needs to keep their eyes on that. Because once they settle on that labeling, you need to know what that says too, because I guarantee you they're going to make this stuff try to look just like the rest of the meat. Right, right. It's like when you buy that fake cheese and it doesn't say cheese on it. It says Mm. cheese-like product. Right, (laughs) right. Probably what they're going to go with, meat-like product. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, good lord. Oh, man. And then th- not only that, but they're, aren't they apparently trying to force, you know, bugs, like sneak bugs into the ingredients? Oh, yeah. That's, that, that's a whole other one I've got on my other computer in notes that I've been wanting. I, I have like five articles, Edge. I have a, the big report I need to finish doing. And then I have like five articles where I already have the research notes. I just haven't had two seconds to actually write all this up. But there's more to the whole insect thing, too. And it's, just not good <laughs> so yeah it's not i saw just the other day um there was this like school program i think it was up in the northeast um where they were going around to um just various different you know elementary age school kids i would say anywhere from k to second grade they looked um to be the ages of and um, they were just completely indoctrinating these kids, conditioning them to eat bugs. They would bring like little, you know, bags, oh. little taste tester bags for each of the children to eat these crickets oh, that were Lord. pickled. Oh, it was just nasty. And these kids and the teacher was like, look how how good you are for eating your bugs. You know, it was uh, just really sick. See, and that's the other thing, too. Who's to say that they're not going to, you know, be, I know that they're already in some stuff, but who's to say they're not going to start grinding these up and then they're going to say, ah, you know, it's such a minimal ingredient there. We don't even need to include it on the label. Mm. Just like uh, like added, instead of added flavors, added bugs. Yeah. (laughs) I think there's actually like a certain amount, like percentage of rat poop that's permitted. Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, so it's like got to be a certain percentage of bugs that are permitted in food before they have to label it. So, so my thinking is, get to get real familiar with the food items and ingredients because if you go out to eat at a restaurant there's going to be certain things you're probably not going to want to order because they don't have to um they're not required to state it anywhere on their menus or anything so um you got to get familiar with the ingredients and the items you know that they're using i mean my god like 
corn and canola and some of these ingredients are just in a ton of foods. Yeah, everywhere. It's hard to avoid, but it's mm. possible. I mean, we've talked to um, Dr. McCola, who's really given us some tips on how to, you know, eat healthy and you know, people can refer back to our podcast that we did with, with yeah. him on that. But um, if you are ready, we can go ahead and move on to some stuff that's going on out of the UK. Yeah. Yeah, tons of stuff. So um, lots of news coming out of the UK lately. Of course, um, they have a new prime minister, Liz Truss. And just to say the least, I'm not very optimistic about her in this role. Here she is on the World Economic Forum website. Um, (laughs) But she is coming into office as the UK is facing just real severe um, energy and economic crisis manufactured crisis really yep but she is however planning to lift the fracking ban and increase north sea drilling so i suppose that that may make a small dent but um as well as giving some households financial relief by uh, capping household energy bills at 2500 pounds which is all going to cost at least 150 billion um, pounds. Mm. So how are they going to pay for all this? Well, more debt leading to (laughs) hyperinflation. Right. So yeah, this manufactured energy crisis, it has been causing countless small businesses to shut down due to the astronomical energy bills. And the people in Europe are really financially struggling due to the reckless policies that the government's imposed. But this puts them in a position now where they're more dependent on the government. And I think that's the point, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So while this, you know, um, energy cap um, or this cap on their um, energy bills uh, may come as some real relief to um, people in the UK, I think that's kind of all the point is to really get them all totally dependent on the government and shut down their small businesses. Because while all of this is happening in the background, Tony Blair's Institute is working behind the scenes to develop a plan for universal basic income using Mm -hmm. a CBDC network. Yeah. Because if the people are financially destitute and dependent on the government, they're going to be more likely and willing to accept this system of control and surveillance, don't you think? Absolutely. And I just have to quickly interject because I think this came out after, well, I wasn't even in the last podcast. Um, is the 22,000 people that had their smart thermostats locked in Colorado. Yeah. Because they agreed, they willingly volunteered to sign up for their energy saving program to help with the energy and the climate, knowing that there might be times where, you know, they need to adjust their thermostats a bit and, oh, we're going to give you a hundred dollars to join this. And then we're going to give you a whole $25 a year. Wow. $25 a year for the potential to in, in an energy emergency, we might have to lock your thermostat. So they knew this in advance, unless Mm -hmm. they went in and they immediately flipped all the verbiage on their website when I looked at it and they willingly just gave that right away. Now it was only shut down. I think it only happened for like one day, but the point is some of them, it went anywhere from 78 to 88 degrees is where it was locked. And they were in the nineties. Um, you know, the heat was in the nineties and these people couldn't use their air conditioning. And, and that's just another one. People need to stop going along with these damn programs because that's what's put in, in every country, right? Just stop, stop complying, stop getting smart devices, stop getting these smart thermostats. God, we were warning about that like three years ago. Right, right. So, I mean, if you think that this is only happening in Europe, I mean, you have only to look at, say, Colorado, which you just mentioned, or California, California. exactly, (laughs) exactly, where rolling blackouts are expected, uh, people who and and are not allowed to use large appliances, uh, don't don't be plugging in, 
Yeah, don't be plugging in that electric vehicle that we want to make mandatory by 2035. So we're just going to set the stage right now and let you know that we're going to control when you're allowed to use that vehicle. And then over in, where is it? Uh, I just saw this the other day. Was it, was it some, was it in Europe? Where was it where they're, they're giving them um, money to buy an electric bicycle to apply towards an electric bicycle if they'll give up their cars. I mean, people that are falling for these programs are, right. are bringing, you know, everyone else around them down because this is, this is the game right here is universal basic income, full control by the government, CBDCs. That's the game. Dependent on the smart grid, you know, whether it's your electric vehicle or your electric bicycle or whatever it is, or your elect your smart thermostat, whatever it is, but completely dependent on it, where you have no control over it. And the event of a so-called emergency, which as we know by now, being two and a half years into a mm -hmm. so-called emergency, that it's going to be perpetual. They create yep. the emergencies so that they can assume more control and people yep. buy it every time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but another clue, going back to the UK, another clue uh, that they are getting very, very close to entering this new system is, of course, um, uh, you know, and making monumental shifts towards that is this news about the queen and her death. I mean, this is very symbolic. She is a very symbolic figure for the old ways. And I always thought in the back of my mind, you know, that when she goes, that's going to mark or signal entering into a completely new phase in England. What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. I honestly think, I mean, I don't know. I kind of have felt that she might've been gone for a bit and they just were picking the date to announce it, but yeah, I'm speculating. <laughs> well, well, it's, it is very interesting uh, the timing on it because you know, this is yep. this news about the queen, especially since the last thing that she did was appoint a new prime minister. I mean, all of this is sort of unprecedented, right? Like in, in all of our lifetimes, most of us have only known her as being the queen, right? right. And, um, you know, and then Boris Johnson stepping down, the appointment of this new prime minister, and they're really rolling out this great reset new world order agenda just so quickly over in England. And yeah. uh, with the death of the queen, it really does kind of symbolically mark that shift or signal that shift, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But um, I believe that Prince Charles, who has called in the past for a, quote, military-style campaign <laughs> against climate change, he's next to be in line to be king. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think this is is ominous in multiple ways mm -hmm. but uh meanwhile as the energy prices are skyrocketing businesses are shutting down people are really struggling and protesting in the streets we get this report out of the daily mail um about um chinese made fi uh, facial recognition cameras being being installed throughout the country i mean Clearly, the ruling class has, and this has been going on for a while now, but clearly the ruling class has anticipated civil unrest due to their reckless economic and energy policies. Like, they planned this out, right? Oh, yeah. In advance, the surveillance state, as well as the digital ID, the social credit system, CBDC, all of that. But just in time so that if anyone intends to protest these destructive government policies, they could immediately be cut off of their universal basic income, right? Yeah. You know what I keep visualizing? You know, those funny looking little like caps that have the umbrella that comes out on them where you don't have to hold it and you can just walk around with like the umbrella on your head. I feel like everyone needs to start walking around like that and then they can't get on any cameras. <laughs> right. It's yeah, there's all kinds ridiculous. of ways. It absolutely is. It's like China has really infiltrated in every 
country and that influence of the, of the surveillance state is popping up everywhere. But just reading this one paragraph here, Brit Britons largely assume that China, home to half of more than of the world's 800 million CCTV cameras, is the ultimate surveillance state. But with more CCTV ca cameras per person in London than in Beijing, Wow. And with residents of the UK capital being the third most watched population in the world, some now fear that UK is on the fast track to rival China. So wow. really, really ramping up on the surveillance state just in time as they may anticipate civil unrest due to these just reckless economic and energy policies that they have um, imposed on the people. But one bit of good news um, coming out of the UK that I wanted to mention um, is this ban um, essentially on vaccines for kids, COVID jabs. Um, the, so uh, the, the recommendation was quietly switched, um, switched course on the COVID jab for kids. Children ages 5 to 11 will no longer be offered the COVID jabs with the exception of certain high-risk groups, which is absolutely ridiculous. But um, all in all, it's definitely a win um, for protecting children. And I think it sets a precedent, hopefully, that other countries are going to follow. I mean, I'm just curious as to why they finally came to that decision. Um, well, scroll back up to the headline. So investigation finds vaccine effects, sexual development in little boys. Yeah, I think that they're referring to an investigation that was spearheaded by Dr. Naomi Wolf and her team. She has a whole team of investigators, you know, pouring through the VAERS data and other uh, like the Pfizer data and all of that and discovering some kind of alarming trends as far as the secondary sexual development of boys post jab huh. so yeah huh for more information not, on that I don't, I don't have a whole ton of information on that not, I not read. surprising though not surprising at all right right so but, but yeah go to go to um i think name dr naomi wolf's Substack. she has more information on that so yeah very interesting but good wow. news a little bit of good news coming out of the uk and I thought we should close it out with some some kind of more good news um, and start contrast to the leadership that we've been seeing in kind of lockstep in the UK and in the US and around the world. Um, this incredible support that we're seeing for President Bolsonaro out of Brazil um, this week, um, he's heading into an election cycle. And look, I mean, it's just like millions of people that's crazy. Coming out in support. This is their 200th uh, anniversary of the, their Declaration of Independence, um, but all complete support for President Bolsonaro. I mean, he wow. is a total populist. And look, here he is uh, riding in <laughs> on the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> surrounded by crowds, just completely beloved. So President Bolsonaro, he's a populist, man of the people. He has been against the lockdowns, the forced and or coerced vaccinations. Uh, he's been a against vaccine passports. He's been against the WHO pandemic treaty. I mean, this is really what the people want and why right. they really, really love him so much. And leadership like this, which it's wow. in such contrast to the leadership that we've been seeing from the politicians lock in lockstep around the world. Um, but we just, we, it gives us, I think, some hope because we, we kind of see there is a better way. And um, that we don't have to really listen to these tiny tyrants, these dictators who have been leading us down this path of self-destruction. Um, as the only solution, we can take things you know, and we can turn them around if we just unite and oust these maniacs that are yeah, in power. And stop complying and going along with this crap and start working on all of those under age 30 because that's their biggest target market. And almost everything I research um, in all their freaking white papers, that's their biggest target because they get them through tech and they, they keep them distracted from 
the real stories and what's really going on and they just get them to go along with everything. So uh, building their digital citizen workforce of the future. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that this really kind of illustrates what the war really is about because um, there's so many lines being drawn, so much divisiveness. So uh, if it's, is it black versus white? Is it straight versus gay? Is it Republican versus Democrat? These are mm-hmm. all just completely crumbling down. And what we're seeing now is it's really the populists or the, the nationalists, uh, the people who are pro-sovereignty and pro-freedom against the globalists and the tyrants. That's really mm-hmm. what this is about. Yeah, And uh, really nothing um, kind of displays that any more than the, you know, um, the, the way that Biden came out last week with that red sermon. I mean, that really completely satanic, evil looking backdrop where he's um, declaring basically that half of the country who uh, supports Trump or is conservative or just doesn't buy into uh, the Biden regime, um, that they're basically... And anyone who dares to make America great again, Edge. (laughs) Right. An enemy of the state. An enemy of the state. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but but here here's um, how you know uh, where the people fall. I mean, here's Trump and Biden in Pennsylvania, both doing rallies one day apart, and there's such such a stark contrast <laughs> between them. It's the, it's pretty the fifty hilarious. people they got there to applaud him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, these the, and these are not domestic terrorists who are a threat to democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, these are just everyday working class Americans who don't like the direction the country's going or the world's going for that matter and want to return to peace, prosperity and some sanity. Right. Absolutely. And I also have uh, so on the solution series, we have um, let's see. So that published this comes out friday morning so that published last night and that episode was on um financial strategies during wartime with Catherine austin fitz and then i got a couple of really good ones coming up too on um you know physical preparedness and community building and then a great one on communications on comms like what what to do if the internet and cell goes down and ham radios and all that good stuff so some good stuff over on the solution series for people to check out so go to coreysdigs.com check the solutions tab for more details on that right yes Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining us today on Dig It. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and for now, YouTube, although not this week. <laughs> or next week. Or next week. In the sandbox for two weeks until they can find the next episode they want to strike me out on. <laughs> okay. So be <laughs> sure to subscribe to our other backup channels on any of those other platforms so you don't miss any of the shows. All right, guys. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It. Thank you.